The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the sixth chapter. Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover of the Jews was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to even get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about five thousand in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, Gather up the fragments left over, so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. While they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. At this time, I invite all of the young and young at heart forward for a special message this morning. Bye. 
This time this morning, I want to welcome our special guest from uh, the Synod, uh, Ron Mordoski, to join us uh, as another sign of the many ways that God takes uh, what we have and blesses it and shares it with the entire world. Uh, Ron's here to share with us a few stories about how our gifts to the Synod um, through our time, uh, our treasures, uh, and the talents that we represent as a member congregation go to serve the larger mission and ministry of Jesus in the world. So uh, please welcome Ron as he comes to share some stories about how God's working in our midst. Thank you, Ron. Good morning. I'd like to offer grace and peace to you, my bro- sisters and brothers in Christ. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to tell you a little bit about the ministries you help support through your congregation's mission support contributions to our Synod. First of all, I'd like to bring you greetings from Bishop Sizer, the Synod staff, and your other sisters and brothers in Christ and the other congregations in our Synod. My name is Ron Mordoski, like Pastor said. Um, I am a member of the Tiffany Lutheran Church in Allentown. 
Um, and I've been a mission interpreter for about 10 years now. And mission interpreters are, are people who love to tell the stories of what, uh, you know, ministries happen because of your um, mission support contributions. Also, we, we also come, when we come to church, we come to thank you. Because there are mission and ministry of this church could not happen if you did not give to your church uh, through your mission support contributions. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you. According to uh, Senate records in 2017, your mission support was $2,500 and your contributions gave $3,050 to world hunger and you had other benevolences of $2,090. Before they share the stories and ministries you help support, I'd like to start with a, a reading from scripture. And I'm going to use uh, the 25th chapter of St. Matthew, beginning with 31st verse. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels be with him, he will sit in his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will sh separate the people one from another, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes, clothe you? And when did we see you in sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will, truly, king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, your brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil's angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when would he see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or needing clothes or sick and in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for what at least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous will go to eternal life. In this story, you are the sheep. You are the ones who will enter the kingdom of, of God because you have fed, clothed, sheltered, and visited his sheep through the ministries I will share it for you and many, many others. But stories come in, in three different ways. There are local ministries, national ministries, and international ministries, all of which you help support. So I, I've picked a few examples of each of these three types to share with you. The first one is God's Garden of Grace. This is a project of St. Peter's Plainfield. Grow, grows vegetables and donates them to five area food pantries. 
Each year, more than 10,000 pounds of produce is donated, and it's picked and tended by all, only volunteers. But it's not only the people who receive the uh, produce that are changed, it's the people who volunteer. And I always like to try to share with you stories of how the volunteers' lives have changed, too. In this case, Brandon is a high school student who came because he had to put in his community service hours. And everybody thought that once he had, quote unquote, done his time, he'd be gone, like all the other young people who came to volunteer. But something moved Brandon, and he saw that the, uh, his efforts were truly helping other people, and he stayed and was an enthusiastic supporter of the, the ministry. Also, one of the, the ministries you help support is Bear Creek Camp. Did you know that your support of this ministry changes lives? Campers, of course, do have fun, but since it is Christ-centered camping, they are also changed. Uh, the camp reports that most campers who uh, leave after weeks of camp are more faithful Bible readers. They, uh, they pray more often, and they bring those traits back and share them with their, with their families. Also have an, another uh, story about produce, Potato Project. This is a ministry at Trinity Lutheran in Kutztown. It grows potatoes and other crops and donates to area food pantries in Berks, Lehigh, and Schuylkill counties. Each year, approximately 800 volunteers from many faith traditions tend the, the fields. And each year they distribute over 150,000 pounds of potatoes and over 20,000 pounds of corn and carrots. In this case, stories about Joe. Joe was a reluctant volunteer who was brought to his church by other volunteers. He didn't really want to come, but you know, it's one of those things, you know, how they sort of push you into things like this. Well, what happened is he saw the good that came from, from the efforts and now is very enthusiastic and, and tries to recruit others to help whenever possible. Now my last local story is called Open Arms for Seniors. Um, this is a senior drop-in center which operates two days a week by Arns and Easton. The program is open to all and provides socialization and support for families. The story here is about Joan. Joan was a volunteer and she came regularly with her, with her husband. And after a while, Joan stopped coming. The, uh, the regular volunteers tried to find Joan, but somehow, you know, how this happened, she, she fell through the cracks. Well, as it would happen, about a year later, Joan started coming back. But not, this time not as a volunteer, but as a participant. Seems like in the, in the ensuing time, her husband had died, and she herself had, had been in an accident and, and had uh, suffered severe head trauma. And through the love and support of Open Arms, she has become much, much better. And she constantly reminds everybody that life is a very fragile gift. And we should all be thankful to the God for each day we live. And all the God's blessings that God gives us. Now I'd like to share some, some national stories with you. The first one is about Abiding Life Ministries. In August of 2014, Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Pittsburgh closed its doors. 
It left a, behind a 100-year-old building and was in severely need of repairs. But, they could, but due to dwindling uh, church resources, they could not keep the church up. What happened next is, is somewhat of, a, uh, of a, a miracle because Abiding Life Ministries, which was a brand new worship, worship committee um, sanctioned by the ELCA, was looking for a home. And they moved into, uh, a, they moved into Bethlehem's old sanctuary. And through a lot of sweat and uh, equity, uh, sweat equity, they, they turned the place around. Now, the, uh, the church is a magnet for the neighborhood. They provide workshops, they provide meals for the community, they also provide a uh, safe place for children to go after, after school. Um, next one is about New Life Lutheran Church in Dripping Springs, Texas. Do you need a church building to worship in? Think about that. New Life thought so. So they bought a property with the idea when they, could, they would build when they had the money. In the meantime, since they lived in, uh, their church was in southern, southern Texas, the, the climate was that they could worship outdoors and occasionally under, uh, outdoors under a 100-year-old oak tree. And when the weather, when the occasional rain showers do, they could worship in a tent. But they still had the idea they were going to build a building. Well, after a couple years, they uh, realized that they did not need a building. And without a building, they would have more money to uh, help fund community outreach, which they did. They feed migrant workers. They do a, have a large garden, which they donate uh, the produce to food pantries. And one of the members said that they all work together to care for their car, uh, property. But also in the, in the same way, they care for the community and all their God's people that live around them. And the last national story is Grace Awakening, Lexington, North Carolina. Lutherans and four congregations got together and planned a three-day event called Grace Awakening. It was designed to offer time for spiritual renewal, fellowship, with good preaching and good food. Hey, we're Lutherans, you gotta eat, right? Anyway, it turned out to exceed their expectations. Everyone was inspired by how they saw the God working through the event. And all the leaders who helped plan it came away re-energized and excited about what God had been doing in their community. The last, area I want to talk about is some international ministries because you're, whether or not you realize you're, you're, your uh, contributions reach far, far, far beyond uh, the walls of this church. First one has to do with Sudan. The country of Sudan is uh, very much affected by civil war and famine. And at this time the, the, the Lutherans through ELCA is working through the, um, doing the largest refugee camp in the world, supporting the, the people of Sudan and, and trying through their mission and ministry to bring uh, peace and help secure a future for the millions in, in, in Sudan. Next one is Peru. 
And this story involves a group of people who live in the high desert areas of Peru. They struggled to survive because they had very few water resources. And on good years, they could barely get one crop of grain in. Not enough to feed, feed the, their, their people. Well, Lutheran World Relief came in and worked with the uh, leaders of the uh, area communities and they planned and helped build a water collection and distribution system. What it meant was they had enough, now had enough water that they could grow three crops of grain a year. More than uh, enough to fill their, uh, their bellies and not only that, now they had a surplus that they could sell to neighboring communities and provide other things that are needed in the community. This project will benefit 50,000 people for, for years to come. And the total cost was $20,000. And my last story I want to share with you is, is my favorite. Um, I had a opportunity to meet the man that uh, this is about. It's about Ed Cruz. He's, he's a stewardship key leader for the uh, uh, ELCA. And the story goes that Ed was uh, flying home to Chicago. And as you, you know, sometimes when you're on a plane, you, you really don't want to talk to anybody. You know, you're spent, you've had it, and just want to be quiet. And sitting next to him was a African man. And somehow the spirit told him to talk. He didn't know why, but he, he, he followed. And he found a very interesting story. The man was flying to Chicago with his wife and three children. And as the story goes, Ed was telling, telling him about that he worked for Lutheran Church. And with that, the man's eyes uh, lit up. And he says, I have to tell you that Lutherans are my best friend. And he reached into his wallet and pulled out a very tattered business card from a, from a person with Lutheran World Relief. He says, for 11 years, he says, I have, my wife, my children, and I have been able to survive in this refugee camp on a stipend of $20 a month that was provided to them by uh, Lutheran World Relief. So you're saying, well, you know, these are really great stories, they really sound much, but what does this have to do with me? It has a lot to do with you, because whether or not you realize it, you are part of these stories and many, many, many more as you provide your mission support through this family of faith. Your mission support dollars provide support ministries which show God's love to the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of this very necessary work. Now, as, as I close, I want to tell you a little bit about Lutheran Ministries. Uh, when you give your money like you did the Lutheran World Relief, you, you should know that for every dollar you give, a dollar goes to help uh, uh, end hunger because the Lutheran Church does, supports all the operating costs. So unlike other charities where you give a dollar and maybe 80 cents would go to the cause, 
every, every dollar you give goes, goes to helping the cause. And two, I'm very proud of our Lutheran ministries because unlike a lot of uh, ministries, our disaster um, response ministries partner with local faith communities, find out what the needs are, and work to provide the needs both in the short term and the long term. The Lutherans are one of the few uh, um, response agencies that will stay until the job is done. And, in, and I don't, if you remember the tsunami that hit uh, Indonesia it was probably five or six years ago, the Lutheran uh, agencies were there for over four years, making sure that all everything was needed to uh, help the people. And when, when they were sure that the job was done, then they left. If you'd like to know some more um, stories that help, I, I noticed that I, I'll put this back, but this is in the back of your church. This is called, this is the Synod's Unleashed brochure. Talked about local ministries. This is a 2017, and if you want, I'll get you a supply of 2018. And I did notice that on the on the bulletin board in the back, you, you do have one of these. This is a copy of one of these. This is, every church gets one of these. This is, this is called, where does my offering go? So if you go out and go to the left, you see the bulletin board, you'll see a, a, a copy of, of one of these hanging on the bulletin board. So that'll help you, you know, when you want to see what, what your um, dollars have support. So, it's my time with you is, is coming to an end, but as I close, I would like to say it's, it's my hope from now on that when you make your mission support contribution, you will know that you're helping many people who you'll never, ever get to meet. You are doing God's work and showing God's love for providing food, water, and other necessities to God's children. And I'd like to end with a, a prayer. Heavenly Father, Bless these your servants as they minister your children through the ministry supported by their mission support contributions and other benevolences. Bless all who benefit from these ministries. May all whose lives benefit from ministries supported by the ELCA know of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.